Voices are exotic dancers enter one by one Make love to all of your orifices in your seduction Hello and welcome to Ear Seduction. I'm your host, Paul Schilling. Today we are going to talk about pedophiles and specifically how some of them have been accepted wholeheartedly into our daily community, into our society, and even into fandom. Many of them have fans and how bizarre and interesting it is that as a society we generally speak out against pedophilia, but if you're sufficiently talented, you're allowed to basically do whatever you want. Now, of course, there's some caveats we might put to that, but I think you'll be surprised at how many of these pedophiles are still in quite good standing. Now, we also talk a little bit about what pedophilia is and the different types of pedophiles. Pedophilia is just one uh, version, and there are other subcategories, and we get into that a little bit as well. And uh, this is sort of a tongue-in-cheek episode that was inspired by a series of episodes that I was in watching on another podcast called Deep Fat Fried. And essentially the idea here is to educate uh, the public, uh, ourselves included, and to do so in a way that hopefully has some jokes written into it and can be laughed at. It's also supposed to point out sort of the absurdity of why these folks are so accepted in society that For instance, if you're sufficiently famous or talented or rich, that you are in some way immune to what we would deem an outcast in society. There's a few other perks to this episode that I wanted to bring to you. At least, I think they're perks. The one is to recognize that these are human beings, and therefore we are responsible for them as human beings. We're responsible for doing something about them and treating them in humane ways and secluding them from the rest of society where they can cause harm. It's undeniable that pedophiles cause a massive amount of harm to society and that they need to be put into a separate place, much like a criminal, murderer, or a rapist, or so on. Now, it's also important to recognize that generally, and I don't know all the science behind this, but all the science that I am aware of, generally, pedophiles aren't in control of their pedophilia in the sense that they don't get to choose who they're attracted to. So much like being a heterosexual, you don't get to control being a heterosexual. You just are a heterosexual. That's how your brain developed. So hate and blame and vindiction towards pedophiles is probably not really all that valid. Empathy, sympathy, understanding, that's probably the best way to deal with them. It's very clear that they need to be isolated in some way, but they shouldn't, for instance, be tortured or in any other way made to not be treated like humans. They are humans. This is part of the human experience. It's not a part of my human experience, and it's probably not a part of your human experience. But there are humans out there that have this experience. And if we're going to be a just and humane society, we need to treat these people with respect. But also, obviously, I keep saying this because I want to make sure this is understood. We need to understand them. We need to educate ourselves on them. And we need to make sure that they can't do the kinds of damage that they'll do if left up to their own devices. The Midwest misanthrope had the idea that we would sort of play a game. And this game would be like a ranking of pedophiles. Now, clearly, this is about pedophiles that are just completely accepted in society. And so we were sort of making a joke about these folks. I wanted to try this material out. I don't know if it's going to go over well. I don't know if you're going to like it. I don't know if it's going to be that funny for you. We tried to make it entertaining and funny and educational at the same time. So hopefully that's what you get out of it and you understand where we're coming from. Now, my position on, you know, sort of the deviance of society, the murderers, the the rapists, the sociopaths, the psychopaths, the, the pedophiles or the other philia issues that society has, I'll make much more clear in season three. I go through a little bit of trouble to explain myself in the beginning of this podcast, at the very beginning when we're doing our introduction, after Midwest Misanthrope is online with me and everything. Let's uh, now listen in. So today we are talking on the podcast about pedophiles. <laughs> and we're going to make a list and rank that list. social topic you could possibly talk about with anybody yes. in, order, in order to make friends. And and let's, let's be clear about our list here, okay? Yeah. These are fully accepted, even worshipped 
pedophiles in society. These are the folks that are either so famous or so talented or so something that their pedophilia has been completely overlooked by society. Nobody cares and people love them regardless. Even Um, in prison, prisoners kill pedophiles. Right, right. Like murderers, rapists, uh, you know, whatever. Uh, Other violent criminals, they hear that there's a pedophile in their midst and they they murder them. Pedophilia is classified as a psychiatric disorder where an adult or older adolescent is primary or exclusively attracted to a prepubescent child. So, it can, it can be older adolescents. It doesn't have to be uh, specifically adults. But one of the... So, a couple of definitions here. So, prepubescent means somebody who's younger than the age of 13. And that's a generalization. It can be 11, 12, 13. But that's generally when people go through puberty or at least start the phases of puberty. Uh, and pedophile must be at least 16 years old, according to the definitions, and at least five years older than the prepubescent child that they're attracted to. Um, and it doesn't have any male or female distinction. So, so a pedophile can be a man, a pedophile can be a woman. The distinction is that you're attracted to people who are not pubescent yet. They haven't gone through any stage of puberty. Mm. There are different classifications of this atypical attraction. It's a, it's considered an atypical attraction, as is homosexuality, interestingly enough. I, I, I did not know that there was a classification where these two things were grouped together, homosexuality and pedophilia. And there is a classification in psychiatry where it's just called atypical attraction or atypical sexuality, which is just to say that it's not what is most common in society. But other than that, they have little else in common. (laughs) So different classifications of atypical attraction of this sort based on the age and development level of children that are lusted after. So pedophilia is sort of an umbrella term. There are other terms that further classify pedophilia or are not considered pedophilia. But we say pedophilia as like a common term. So there's a infantophilia which is a subgroup of pedophilia, it is considered pedophilia, where the adult has sexual preferences for children under the age of five or like infant-like, toddler-like people. Now, I think I don't think we... Ha- I don't have anybody personally on my list that qualifies, but I have a couple people that get really close to this. There's another classification called hebephilia, H-E-B-E, and then philia. And this is a sexual preference for early adolescent but still prepubescent children, usually between the ages of 11 and 14. So this is somebody who is kind of right in that going through puberty phase but haven't really come out the other side. So there's a there's a couple different ways that they rank puberty and and I looked it up. Uh, I didn't I didn't bring it into this podcast cuz we have a lot to go through and we have a, a whole a whole bit we're going to do about it. So we have some jokes to get to and some stuff to make this more entertaining, but hebephilia is a sexual preference for early adolescent pubescent children between the ages of 11 and 14, meaning they're not prepubescent. They are pubescent. They're in some stage of puberty. I think I sort of said that, but I I said prepubescent before, so I wanted to correct that. There is ephibophilia, a sexual preference for later adolescent pubescent children, usually between the ages of 15 and 19. Now, a lot of people fall into the ephibophilia category. Many of the people on my list are guilty of ephibophilia and not considered pedophiles by the strict definition, but we still call them pedophiles because we generally call anybody who is trying to date somebody under the age of 18 a pedophile. So I wanted to get that out in the open so that we have some distinctions here. And just a better understanding of what it is we're talking about. So these are different classifications of attraction to children or people we consider childlike. Because at the age of 19, I'm not really sure you're a child anymore. But you definitely have some childlike qualities and some adult-like qualities, right? I mean, like a 19-year-old isn't really an adult, but they're not really a kid. They're sort of in the transition phase. All right. So, you know, you had an idea you wanted to do like like a card game. And I pulled your list and initially, what I thought I saw on your list, I, I was like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. But my list ended up being a lot different than your list. All right. Here's what's up. Yeah. Um, they're uh, Japanese card games in particular. Uh, is basically, you know, a lot of Japanese animation um, is based around, you know, competition. Yeah. Uh, such as like Pokemon. Sure. And uh, other Digimon, these type of things that were pretty popular during the 90s. Um, one of them, too, was called Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! 
Okay. And uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! was this awful cartoon where it was basically uh, this blonde-haired, blue-eyed, uh, spiky, blonde-haired kid gets, uh, I guess, evokes the spirit of some Egyptian god and is forced to go ahead and utilize these cards that these magical cards in competition where they'll lay it down the giant monster will come up and then these giant monsters will fight each other and uh so i figured man, let's let's just get down with a little uh Yu-Gi-Oh yeah ped- pedophile edition so what we're going to do is <laughs> nice we're going to go head to head with down our list i don't care how you do it however you want to do it that's fine i got my list in front of me yeah I got i'm going to lay my list. <laughs> i'm going to lay down a card and uh, um, now, are we basing know, like are we gonna have to put to like put out why we think ours is a higher scoring? Well, look, here's what I'm gonna do. Man. Yeah, okay, I'm just, go ahead. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna lay down the name and then I'm gonna do a little synopsis that I have with regards to uh, okay. description okay. of what happened here, and then uh, you can do it if you want to do it the same way, but. Uh, do you have a coin in front of you? Uh, no, but I have something I can flip. All right, perfect. I will be considered whatever that thing is. Uh, one side. Uh, what what is it? Is it a heads or tails type of thing? Yeah, I got a um. Yeah, I got heads and All tails. Right. All right, I'm just gonna roll with tails. All right. Okay. So I'm gonna li- I'm gonna lay down one. You're gonna lay down one. Uh, we're gonna flip the coin, and whoever wins gets a point, and then they start off the next round with their next one. All right. All right. Boom, bam. Do you want to uh, Do you want to start it, or should I? Please, you start. I just want to see where you're gonna go with this because <laughs> I gotta play my pedophiles wisely. <laughs> oh, you're gonna strategize? <laughs> well, I don't know. I'm gonna All try. Right. I'm gonna try to make it as strategy driven as possible. I want to match up to yours well. If I'm gonna, I know it's gonna be up to a a flip of a coin, but still. Do however you want, man. I'm still going for the W. I got right? you. I got Just you. know that. All yep. right. My number one, Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. Chuck Berry. 1959, 14-year-old Janice Escalante. Immoral purposes. Was arrested for immoral purposes. Uh, served two years in prison. Accused of installing a video camera in a lady's toilet in 1989. Tapes found at his home settled out of court. Ooh, okay. Bring it. Okay. Oh, do I have a Chuck? Oh, I have I have somebody that matches up pretty well with Chuck Berry here. Okay. Jimmy Page, notorious for dating underage girls. Uh, I'm not going to name the girl that he's most famous for dating, but uh, he basically abducted her on the road and started calling her his girlfriend at age 14. Was never in any way brought to justice. There was never anybody ever that that said anything about his, you know his relationship with young women but then became even more notorious after that for passing her around at parties like giving her to other you know superstar musicians Jimmy Page 14 year old girls all right let's get it all right your he- your tails all the time right yep yeah okay and it's heads oh yeah, that's a that's a tough blow right there. Are you are you keeping track of your own, and I'll keep track of my own? Yeah, who, winners and losers. Yeah, just keep track of your points, and I'll keep track of my points. Yeah, no I got a, I got a W here with Jimmy. All right, okay. You started out, man. Okay, I'm going I'm going straight to incestual here. I'm going Jerry Lee Lewis. Ooh, Jerry Lee Lewis. Uh, as far as I know, never uh, brought to any kind of justice. Courted and married his 13 year old cousin, first cousin. Definitely thought to be a weirdo after thereafter, and. His career actually suffered because of this. He was in his 30s when he married her, but it gives us the nice little twist of incest, uh, which I think elevates Jerry to a slightly creepier level than your typical Jimmy Page-like pedophile. Sure. Jerry Lee Lewis. Jerry Lee Lewis, too, uh, whose career was revitalized by Gary Busey, (laughs) and I believe Winona Ryder was the cousin in Great Balls of Fire. Yeah, what a fantastic movie that was. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... you can't mm. if you can't save some face with that lineup. I don't yeah. know what to tell you. Winona. All right. You know, I'm not I'm not that intimidated with your Jerry Lee Lewis. I'm going with uh my man Ted Nugent. Ah, yes. Yeah. yeah. The Nuge. Uh, all right. <laughs> Pele Massa. Ted was 30 years old. Pele 17. Coked up in the 70s. Uh, admits to many liaisons with underage girls. This mm-hmm. is Ted talking. Sure. Uh, Ted, because legal guardian from Pele's parents, uh, wrote Wangle. Oh, oh, yeah. So the parents were all good with uh, Ted being the, uh, you know, 
fucking their daughter. Yeah. And um, here's here's the best part though. Wrote Wango Tango and Little Miss Dangerous in her honor. Yes. Ted Nugent. I guess Jerry Lee Lewis. This, Let's go. Yeah. No. This takes a certain amount of balls too, because I, I I noticed this in in the uh, especially in the musicians. Many of these musicians wrote songs about underage girls that they were either having relations with or marrying or courting, and that takes that is a certain kind of admission that I think takes balls. Like that is bizarrely open about these types of uh, relationships. Well, and then on the other side too, with the uh, the fan base wanting the attention from these older men. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. uh, groupies, you know, boys and girls, man. It exists, and it's just it's just there. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, we expect adulation from young people to famous people for sure. Uh, yeah. But for the famous people to not only you know take on these young girls or boys, uh, and but to write songs about it and sort of brag about it it's just it's that's to me that's weird but to be fair you, uh, oh go ahead sorry i was just gonna say to be fair of course this this example i i think the new just probably dipped into pedophilia but this technically he's a a fee a febophiliac right right so he's he is going for a pubescent woman she's 17 but from what i read about the nuge he he, he didn't really discriminate by age <laughs> there were he had much younger girls with him but anyway yeah don't so just to be clear, I'm talking about a pedophile. Right, You're right. talking, although 13... People feel that, but still in that pedophile. Yeah, no, it, it's... Thing, yeah. yeah, no. Well, to be fair, I'm I'm talking about a hebophilia. A hebophilia. Yeah, yeah. Filiac. You're talking Majority. about a Febophilia. Okay. Febo, yeah. Yeah. Right. Slightly I mean, have, have you ever listened to Wango Tango? I have. Oh. Bizarre. Masterpiece. Masterpiece, man. Yeah. <laughs> Wango Tango! Wango Tango! Wango Tango! <laughs> <laughs> I wrote this for you, Pele. Sheer insanity. Yeah. Okay. All right. Clipping. Let's do it. And Tails has it. Yeah. Yeah. Nuge. The Nuge. The Nuge does oh. it for you. God, I wonder. I mean, did you see it going any other way? Once I said Ted Nugent, no, we all knew. knew all this you knew, happened. you knew, right. you knew. All right, you knew. <clears throat> all right, my next card. Yes, uh, Asaya Agento. Okay. All right. Uh, one of the first to accuse Harvey Weinstein of sexual assault. Uh, Anthony Bourdain was Asaya's boy boyfriend at the time. Supported Asaya in October quietly arranged <laughs> to pay three hundred and eighty thousand dollars to who to who owned oh to uh her accuser Jimmy Benet, a young actor and rock musician who she had uh, sexually assaulted him in a California hotel room years earlier when he was only two months past 17, uh, 17th birthday. She was 37 years old. So the age of consent in California is 18. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. So Asaya, female, assaulted or whatever, a 17-year-old young person. Yeah, the the best part about okay. it too is that she was actually, you know, with her being a Me Too movement sure. rep, and then actually with Anthony Bourdain, they say that it had a massive influence on the suicide because all this was going on. Sure, and then and then uh, then it came out, and there's just like photos of her and this uh, and this and this kid in bed together, and it's just like, yeah, they were they were fucking right. So it's kind of like you know, once again, uh, the judgments of somebody of what's moral and correct. When they have their own skeletons in the closet, it's always uh, an irony of life that I greatly appreciate and find much humor out of. So, Asaya Argento. Okay, this one is I I I really struggled uh, with putting this one on the list because this is all allegations, never any real proof. But Michael Jackson. Oh, I thought you were going to say my neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah. Michael Michael Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Okay. Michael Jackson. So uh, settled multiple times out of court uh, with young people who had accused him of either molestation or abuse of some kind, sexual abuse. I don't have to get into the story too much. Michael Jackson is so famous, and this is such a famous case that I think pretty much everybody is going to know what, who we're talking about and what happened, right? Maybe more so than Jimmy Page, for instance. But I put Michael Jackson on the list because of how famous, like how adored he still is, even in spite of, I mean, multiple, multiple now. I don't know how many 
exactly, but it's probably getting close to like double digits. Accusations that he sexually abused children. Michael Jackson, huh? It wasn't he the guy that helped out or like <laughs> that did like the guest appearance on the Eddie Murphy's masterpiece, What's Up With You? Yes. Did he co-sing on that? Okay. That 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 guy you're talking that, about. That guy. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Very good. I'm glad. I'm glad you remembered who he was. Yeah, he was in that obscure. Yeah, I just figured I'd tell you know help out the listeners in case they. It's the guy who sang with Eddie Murphy on "What's Up with You." Yes, yes. Okay, so we're flipping, and it's heads. Son of I a can't bitch. believe Michael took out your. I liked yours better. Damn, I like ruthless. Michael Jackson is an assassin. Yeah. Holy shit! All right. Yeah. Okay, it's my turn now. Roman Polanski, a famous director, famous Hollywood star. Famously drugged and raped a 13-year-old girl at his house in California, and then equally as famously took off, left the country, uh, was never, never really even, I, I don't think legally nothing happened. Although I, I, I do want to say that they tried to bring charges, but they never like brought him back into the United States to actually penalize him for anything or put him on trial. So he's never seen court uh, date for this. But famously lived overseas and was still funded heavily and still produced and had plenty of movies after this event. So Roman Polanski drugged and raped a 13-year-old girl at his house in California. You know, in the words of Jack Black from the movie High Fidelity, <laughs> son of a bitch that's so good, it should have been mine. <laughs> yeah, you can be and are wrong. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I completely forgot about Roman. Still admired in Hollywood. It very admired, which is really I mean, bizarre. He was just in yeah. uh, a, a, the Tarantino Hollywood movie, whatever it was called, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I mean, his character was in it. Yeah. It's it's you know it's a thing it's a thing that happens where the the separation of art and um is the art still valuable mm -hmm. knowing where it's coming from the source of it like can you still appreciate art learn from art um and in in relationship to the horrible person that's creating it so it's like you'll see it aside but it's very difficult obviously um paradox mm -hmm. call that a paradox mm -hmm. um. All right, Roman. Heads up. I'm coming at you with Mary Kay Letourneau. <laughs> Is that French? L-E-T-O-U-R-N-E-A-U. That is French. Letourneau. All right. Okay. What did Mary, what did Mary do? What did Mary, Mary do? Mary was a sixth grade teacher. Berlin, Washington. She was 34 in the summer of 96. Had sexual relations with Viley, V-I-L-I, uh, last name F-A-U-L-A-A-U, who was 12 or 13 years old at the time. So they had a little summer love it going oh, on. Jesus. Uh, during trial, had Vila's kid. Really? Yeah. And okay. now here's the next part of it. They had one more child after. Jesus. So they had some pops after. They're living happily ever after. Yeah. Mary. <laughs> Mary versus V. Roman. <laughs> Are you ready? Let's do it. It is Tails. Yeah, Mary! Uh, <laughs> I can't believe she... Yeah, I can't believe she took down Roman. That's... that's Alright. That's, that's gold, man. That's a lot. It's a unique one, right? It is. It's a good... Uh, I'm really surprised. I didn't have any women on my list. I'm really, I'm really glad that you put some women on there. Yeah. Well, I mean, especially the teacher thing. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, how, how many how many women teachers uh, fuck their classmates and you know and, and viewing it too? It's just like I'm, I'm looking at some of them. I'm just like I wish that would have happened to me with her at that age, like 12 or 13 years old. I'm sorry. I you know I can see why this guy's like you know he, he I, I just I wonder if he's if they've had a divorce. If she's if he's been with other women, but obviously the guy's pretty damn happy. You know the parents were the ones that are like this is nuts. Yeah. But he's just like, that's my child and I love her. And it's like, you're 12 or 13 years old at the time. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was <laughs> <laughs> summer man so I actually fall on the opposite end of that spectrum I'm very glad that nothing like that happened to me when I was that age yeah but you don't like fun so no. <laughs> I would expect nothing different all that no I was very like sexually I wasn't I wasn't very sexually advanced at that age like I was very still childlike in my head so it would have been a very traumatic weird uncomfortable experience for me but anyway our next I'll, I'll, I'll handle Mary for you you go ahead Warren Steve Jeffs ever heard of him no, Warren Jeff. The president of the Foundation or the Fundamental Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. A polygamous Mormon. Uh, let's oh, see. Warren I, Jeffs. Yeah, okay. 
denomination. Uh, in 2011, right. Jeffs was convicted of two felony counts of child sexual assault, for which he is uh, he is currently serving sentence of life plus 20 years. Wow. Uh, he founded the phrase within the Mormon church to all the ladies, keep sweet. Hmm. <laughs> Life sentence or 30 years with, uh, or life sentence is 30 years or, uh, I'm sorry. A life sentence is 30 years with a potential of parole. So he's got two of those and they're just like plus 20 years, you son of a bitch. Interesting. Yep. Uh, was documented as assisting the training of how to teach young women and girls how to be good wives and learn how to please their husband, aka keep sweet. Yeah. Uh, was denied by one carpenter to create an altar that turned into a bed for teaching purposes. Raped nephews as well between ages of four and seven. Ooh. If you'd like to know more, uh, recommend a Mormonism series on last podcast on the left. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That that's a real bastard, Warren Jeffs. Yeah. You know. Now that you say. Now that I you say who he is, I I do recognize the name. It didn't pop into my head initially. But I have heard of this guy before. Very common yeah. in the early church, by the way, the early Mormon church, that they, they, there was a lot of this cultish, polygamous, yeah, yeah, like incestual yeah. shit going on. It's spooky, man. And I mean, and the funny thing is, too, is like he's still revered, revered by the Mormons. Yes. As an admirable figure. And apparently there's like even like uh, an homage, uh, kind of like theme park. Oh or God. it's or it's like they basically have uh, a statue of him in this prison cell in order to show his commitment to the faith and how wrong everybody else is. And oh. the other thing that's funny about it too is that there's recordings of him saying, "I'm not who you think I am. I'm not a you know representative. I'm not you know all the. I'm not a savior for the Mormons." So it, here again, it's one of those things where it's like there's a lot of Mormons who are out there who. Live live the lifestyle day to day and may not even address these issues, but they're living in a positive way. They're not harming anybody. But the whole idea of advocating for uh, religion in whole is advocating for a group. And you just, every time you try and do that, it's just fascinating, no matter if it's political if it's religious, even if it's a football team or sports or whatever. Yeah. When you advocate something with a lot of passion and you're acting like you know what the hell everybody's doing in this group, that's a clear indicator that you don't. Yeah. So you basically, you always set yourself up for failure whenever you're trying to put that shit out there, especially when it comes to like morals, you know, shaking your finger. And yeah. Like, Here's how you live life. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, all of you are on board with this. So um, yeah, this guy is fascinating because just how powerful he still is even though you know everything's out yeah in the open with this guy so yeah well and or jeff's says a lot too about the nature of religion right i mean we, we'll get into that a, a more i've got a few examples from the religious f- sphere but for to bring up he's a heavyweight so in order for oh, me yeah. to to come close now just to be clear <laughs> earlier in the podcast i misspoke and said that we were going to bring in examples of people that have hadn't been brought to justice, but or I think I mentioned that, but I I misspoke. It's just people that are still famous, no matter what's yeah. been brought to light about who they are and what they've done. Okay, anyway, so I am going to break into now. This is my upper echelon. Now this is my royalty. These are the people that this isn't, I, I see this isn't as the one that I have. Is it? No, I see right. these are people that I see as like I just don't get it at all. Okay, Elvis. Ooh. So Elvis began a sexual relationship with Priscilla when she was 14. He was quoted as saying that he would train her the way that I want. Yeah. This That's was up. Yeah, this was, she moved into his house, I believe at age 14 or 13. I think they met when she was 12. He started courting her and I think she moved in at 14 and then they didn't get married until later in life. She was in her early 20s when they actually got married, but he had her at his in his little, you know, whatever, in his compound for like 10 years. Graceland. Yeah, in his Graceland compound <laughs> for like 10 years before <laughs> they got married, uh, supposedly training her, right? In com- 
karate, man. <laughs> yeah, right. This isn't a Mr. Miyagi Daniel son kind of relationship. This is this isn't good. And this oh, was shit, all I should have grabbed that one too. <laughs> yeah, that's it. a good one. Even though even though it's fabricated. <laughs> this is all, by the way, at the consent of her parents, which you brought up uh, uh, an example earlier where the parents gave consent. Yeah. Which leads to the question. Nuge. Begs the question. Yeah, the nuge. Do your parents have the right to give you away to a sexual predator? Like, is it okay? Is there any... Is this somehow an excuse? I don't yeah. think so, but it brings up an interesting point. Something that's still practiced in free, you know, what's considered like free America. We, we still have examples of people essentially selling off their children as chattel. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's difficult to look at, you know, your child and then look at Elvis as like, you know, I want to take her. And, <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and you're just you like, say? you know, yeah, and then you're looking at, you're looking at your, you know, you're looking at your daughter and like, honestly, she'll probably live the best life financially. <laughs> I don't know. With, with Elvis than she ever will do on her own. I don't uh, know. Maybe yeah. when it comes to security, I, I, I can't help but feel like that's the rationale that these parents have. Like, I, obviously, this, yeah, I don't, no, have, you a, gotta, I don't have a kid. I don't, I don't fucking know. No, you're right. right. I like, mean, you got to think that these parents like do some kind of calculation in their head yeah. you know and well, it's so probably along just, those lines or else they just don't care about Priscilla it's just like I never liked her anyways yeah get Take that her. bitch out of here <laughs> one less to worry about Jesus fucking oh my god okay <laughs> but right. this is a big one this is a big now she was 14 though so she's not as young as some of the girls uh, and people we're ta- we've been talking about so that doesn't disqualify it but it's a big one because Elvis is literally worshipped there are people that dress up as Elvis all the time there are people that think he's still alive. Yeah, and Warren Jeffs is obviously uh, worshipped as well. So these are two yeah. juggernauts. These are this two like a, godlike This is a heavyweight yeah. bout right now that we're doing here in this UEO pedophile edition. So let's, right. Okay, okay. Flipping. Let's get it. And it's heads. Oh my god! Yes. Elvis takes Ooh. down I don't think uh, personally. Warren I Jeffs, think Warren who's still alive. Holy shit! I think Warren should have taken that one, but but w- I, we can't we can't argue with the uh, no. Look, everybody's got a puncher's chance, man. This Ex- could be considered. Right. A, this might be considered an upset of the evening. Uh, it might be. Jeez. Okay. Wow. Okay. Yeah. It's a tough one. All man. right. That's a tough I one. Got, I thought you had it. I thought you had yeah, it. Yeah. Yeah, man. God damn. All right. Uh, number six. I'm going with the low-hanging fruit. Going with Jeffrey, low-hanging Jeffrey Epstein. Ah, yes. Should be fresh in everybody's minds. All right. January 20th, 1953, August 10th, 2019. Uh, it's the lifespan of the, of the man at large here. Uh, was an American uh, financier and convicted sex offender. Yes. Uh, systematically recruited teenage girls and utilized within a sex traffic circuit. Approximately 50 documented, documented victims presented for trial. Mm-hmm. Was convicted originally uh, to separate branch of prison away from all other prisoners' private wing. He had a private wing in the fucking thing. Yeah, he was connected. Yeah. Yeah. And was and he was able to spend 12 hours a day at his office where he could have visitors. Yeah, where he probably continued to have sex with children. Epstein, low-hanging fruit, had to grab him, man. And I like Epstein uh, for this list because he... So he's not revered or worshipped by, like, your common man, but is so well-connected in the in the upper echelon elite parts of society in your billionaire, millionaire class and your politicians and blah, blah, blah. So well-connected in that arena that nothing bad really happened to him until yeah. his suicide, right? Or, quote-unquote, suicide. We don't know if he killed himself anymore. That seems that seems unlikely. But yeah, I mean, he went he went into the pockets of the decision makers of the yeah. government. It right. just shows like how powerful that system is and how separated it is from rest of society. How the rules do not apply here. Right. Uh, there are things that are happening that you know everybody who studies government to a certain extent is like, well, here's here are the functions and here's how it happens. This is this is a this is a well documented uh, example 
of being like, yeah, that's adorable. Yeah. I'm so happy you read that information. By the way, here's what can happen and does happen. And who knows how other, you know, allows you to ask the question, well, what the fuck else is going on? Yeah. Right. So it's, it, it, it's a really prevalent, uh, incident in time. I mean, I just found it hilarious with the whole idea of he took InfoWars, you know, uh, how he was basically ranting and raving about a child pedophile circuit that was happening within the United States government and that's connected globally. And everybody was like, that guy's a fucking idiot. Oh, you're talking about, yeah. And then it's like, well, Pizzagate. And it's like, that Pizzagate never happens, right? So you're just like, this guy's insane. Fast forward to about 10 years later, and you're like, holy shit. There's a fucking sex trafficking circuit, which is definitely connected yeah. to the United States government and actually reaches global yeah. uh, governments. So yeah. you can't make it up. No, I, what I, I love that, too. I, I love that Alex Jones, uh, a, a well-known fucking crank, right? Right. Who says probably 98% of everything that comes out of his mouth is just total nonsense and bullshit. Kind of the- hedges his bet and does expose a a totally plausible conspiracy theory that ends up being true. Right. And then, you know, this Alex Jones gets wiped off of, uh, you know, certain media platforms. Yeah, all of them. And then you're just kind of like, well, wait a second. I mean, hey, don't people have the right to listen to somebody just talk conspiracies nonstop? I mean, they're very well, they're very well could be uh, bloated belly goblins running around now. Well, I I don't think I don't think it I don't think it it adds any validity to any of the things that he said because he says so much. It's kind of like David Ike. Like right, right. Like yeah. they just they just say so much shit. Yeah. And then yeah. eventually one of the things they say ends up being somewhat true. It certainly wasn't true the way that uh that he explained it. It's not like any of the details that he gave us were true. Right, right. What ended up being true was that there was a, a pedophilia <laughs> or a child sex trafficking. We know that's a thing. It did end up being true that men of power and probably women of power, including governmental power, are subject to these types of urges and such. So I mean, I to me it was kind of a safe bet. <laughs> But it doesn't lead any. It doesn't lend any credence to anything that he says. It's not like because he said this, he now is more likely to be true about fluoride yeah. causing you to turn gay or whatever, right? Like it doesn't. Just, but yeah, it is yeah. funny. I do. I, I agree with you. He you shouldn't have been deplatformed. I, I don't think he should have been deplatformed. I I think he should be ridiculed and and you know. It's fuel for the fire for the conspiracy mind. Oh my obviously. god! Yeah, it gives but, him so much credibility in their eyes. Yeah, and and I mean, if, this is just another example. of showing how you know uh pedophilia in general does not discriminate uh due to um you know uh economic stratification oh, like yeah. you cannot yeah, yeah. you cannot be presented into there's no fucking and, and that's what happens a lot in a lot of different aspects of life to where there's this kind of like nobility this raising up of people if they have some type of rank of a position or wealth uh, and or a career or wealth yeah. like be like like this is or religious is association who, yeah these are the ones that will guide us type of thing and you know and that's Epstein, bullshit yeah this is uh, another example of of something where it's like pedophilia does not recognize no those categories no and, and you can't um, you can't reliably tell how good or bad a person is by things right. in their life like their beliefs their religion their monetary status their status in society like government or whatever these are not reliable indicators of what kind of person you're dealing with so Epstein um, I'm gonna pull out one that to me is not quite as high up. Uh, as far as the one I, as far as uh, Elvis, he's he's not in that necessarily in that realm. I had to pull out Elvis because you pulled out kind of a godlike creature with your Mormon. But I'm gonna go Woody Allen. So Woody yes. Allen, famous movie maker, producer, actor, stand-up comedian, actually a very talented stand-up comedian. I really like Woody's stand-up, or I think it's funny. He molested and then later married his adopted daughter. He was also accused of and went to court for, but was not sentenced or anything like that 
of raping his seven-year-old daughter, his actual blood daughter, not his adopted daughter. Uh, as I mentioned before, he was not convicted, but he did lose custody of his daughter, and largely due to the testimony of his son, who believed his sister, and his wife at the time, who believed his sister. So they thought there was some inappropriate things going on, even though they couldn't definitively say that he raped her. Uh, this basically did nothing to Woody Allen's career. He went in and out of this situation completely unscathed and was allowed to adopt another young girl <laughs> who he was accused of molesting and later married. Let me try it again. Yeah. Give me another shot. Yeah, all right. What do you mean? Well, what, what was her name? Oh, oh, well, you know, he adopted a daughter. Oh. Um, it's just like and he, he wasn't able to... He connected with his original daughters. Like, let me, give me one more try. Yeah, I'll, right. I'll, I'll, you know, it's yeah. Like, just let me let me try. I, and it's I like, promise I won't rape and molest <laughs> this seven-year-old, even though I incestually raped and molested my other actual daughter. Yeah, that's fun. That to me is like uh, I don't know what group he got into to get another daughter, but some idiot actually adopted him a daughter. That's crazy to me. Wasn't her name like Sonny or something like that? Or, uh, like, yeah, uh, she was of the uh, Asian persuasion. She was. I think she was Chinese or she might have been Japanese. I can't remember. I'm not really getting into the like victim naming as much. It doesn't bother me that you are. I'm just saying I didn't really look up that information. I just... I mean, I looked it up. I just didn't record it down because I don't... I'm not going to focus on these people that were abused. I'm, I'm focusing more on these people that did the abusing. But anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, but yes, she was of the Asian persuasion. She was, I believe, Chinese or Japanese. All right. So, Epstein <sighs> versus Wood. The Woody. All right. All right. Flipping. And it's it's tails. Epstein's tails. Yeah! Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Well, believable. <sighs> All right. I think I think that's a valid one because of Epstein's power position. Although he was, he's not famous in our circles like Woody Allen is. Yes. Um, and he's not yeah. beloved by people like Woody Allen is. But he is especially famous in very particular circles that are very advantageous. <laughs> right. Like nobody's going to yeah. stop Woody Allen from going down. If, yeah. This is, if, this is if not. This the is public not turns on him. Yeah. Woody Allen's going to go down. But Epstein is untouchable. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We are now at round seven. Yeah, are we are getting into some some deep ones. The Prophet, Elijah Muhammad. Not Elijah Muhammad. It's not Elijah, it's Muhammad. It's Muhammad. Elijah Muhammad is from the movie Malcolm X. <laughs> Stop. We're going to edit that out, too. We're edit that. Okay, yeah. Just start again. Are we ready? Ah, uh, yes, sir. I'm ready. Round seven. I am coming at you with the Prophet Muhammad. Yes. Does anything else have? need to be said? <laughs> All right. The Prophet Muhammad. The yeah. majority of traditional stories state that Aisha yes. was betrothed to Muhammad at the age of six. Yes. But, come on, before you judge, but stayed with her parents home until the age of nine? Nine, yes. According to the IBN uh, Hasham, uh, when the marriage was consummated with Muhammad, then 53... Uh, in Medina, uh, Aisha was nine. Yeah, a very interesting story. Who I, do you have? I also am going to drop the Prophet Muhammad. Oh! To cancel out your Prophet Muhammad. Oh, no gains! It's a wash. <laughs> Oh shit! So why do you why do you select this uh, this wonderful example? Because there are 1.4 billion people who just blindly worship and follow the prophet's example in the world. That that to me, it, I mean, this is like this guy could be the winner of all. I mean, when we start to order these guys up now, because we're going to start cutting a lot of these names, right? Like fucking Jimmy Page got nothing on the prophet Muhammad, as far as I can tell. Yeah, the number. Numbers are pretty dramatic. Here. The numbers are dramatic. He, the prophet, is so famous that Muhammad is the most common name in the world, and that includes all the people in China. Like China has some really common names. I'm not sure exactly what they are. We could look them up, but Muhammad is the most popular name in the world, bar none, and it is because of the prophet Muhammad. And to, just to me, this this speaks to the. This is like he's one of the heavyweights because it's. It, it, I mean. It, he is the basis of and the the example of an entire religion that's taken you know the world by storm as as far as religions go. It's one of the big three, and uh, yeah, I mean it says in the books, in the Quran, and in the Hadith 
that he married a six-year-old girl, picked her out when she was six, and then consummated their marriage at age nine, although she was allowed to live with her father for those three years. It's a game changer of information. It really like, is. It's it's very difficult to, you know, um, follow the wisdom of somebody uh, when it comes to practicing a religion and basically having that religion be like, well, you just got to see past that part. And you're like, I, I can't. Yeah. I cannot see past the fact that this guy who was 51 at the time picked out a six year old and then uh, waited till nine, you know, until six years or, you know, three years later. Oh, so he wasn't even 51. He's 54 when he picked her out and then waited till she was nine, three years later, now at the age of 57 and still married it and going, so you're telling me this, this guy, yeah, this guy is the one who's talking to you, spreading the whole word of love. Uh, where you can't help but be like, I don't, I'm not interested in the definition of harmony and love if it means that I'm supposed to grab a child. Yeah. Like if, that, it's, I'll pass. I can't. Yeah. I love the way you, that. I yeah. love the way you phrase that. Like, if this is your guys' idea of divinity and love for humanity, and this is the yeah. example of the kind of person that I'm supposed to follow, then I don't want to have anything to do with whatever you're calling those, those words love, yeah. divinity, yeah. perfection. I, I don't. I don't want to have anything to do with those words. There's a lot of other as, books that may as have they're a defining more, them. Yeah, there's a lot of other books out there describing those same topics that may have, uh, you know, uh, people of similar ages. There's a lot. Like you don't. You don't have to just read that book. Mm -hmm. Like there's other ways of getting to those things. But uh, wow. Okay, we canceled. Elijah. And this or is not Elijah, uh, Muhammad. We cancel Muhammad. He's a cancel, so we both get a loss on that one. Or we could both get a win, depending on how you want to score. Yeah, I just keep it zero, man. Cancel just wash it. it. We, yeah. we don't need to point that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So All Muhammad right. cancels out himself. All right. So I think it's still my turn because I laid, because I won the uh, round six. Yeah. Uh, I'm going with the fictional character. Mm, okay. All right. This one is, his name is Elihu. You mean other than the Prophet Muhammad? <laughs> yeah, go ahead. Another fictional character. Elihu Micah Whitcomb, a.k.a. Soaphead Church. Okay. All I right. have no idea who this is, so I'm, I'm all ears. Right. So back in college, just for whatever it's worth, uh, this one kind of had a significance with an essay that I I wrote uh, where I had to weave three pieces of American literature and characters and come up with a theme. Okay. So besides that, that's kind of why this one's always kind of resonated with me. Uh, from the Toni Morrison first novel, 1970, The Bluest Eye, mm -hmm. uh, a self-proclaimed misanthrope there too. As you know, uh, the name being the Minnesota misanthrope, I have a connection with this word. Of course. Uh, and uh, would like to kind of evaluate this description as we go, because we are talking about pedophiles here. Of course. So a self-proclaimed misanthrope. All right. You can do that. Who hates people and finds the human body ugly and filthy. I hate people, but I don't find the body ugly and filthy. Just your own. Uh, yeah. Uh, the closest <laughs> he gets to human relationships is by collecting the items they have they have touched, used, and thrown, thrown away. Uh, I, I don't collect items. I don't think that has anything to do with being a misanthrope. Uh, in the community, Stonehead Church is a failed preacher turned caseworker de declaring himself uh, a reader, an advisor, an interpreter of dreams. All right. Um, I've had a history of being a case manager uh, in my careers. I've never claimed to be <laughs> a reader or interpreter of dreams. He enjoys job. He, he enjoys his job because it allows him to witness human uh, stupidity and build a sense of his own meticulous self uh, righteousness by witnessing human decay. I can see the value in that. There's something to that. Okay. You know, you, you witness enough things, and you're just kind of like, yeah, this is not going the way things are supposed to be going. And uh, anyways, his desire, uh, uh, his life is strictly regimented, balanced, and tightly structured, but his stability is thrown off by his sexual desire. All right. My my life is pretty uh, structurally regimented. Uh, I think it's kind of balanced. It's pretty tightly structured. Uh, sexual 
desire. I don't have a lot. Um, because he hates the human body with such passion, he directs his sexual desires toward children as he finds their bodies the less offensive than those of adults. Now, that's, that character really stood out to me back in college for that reason. I've, I've come across many people who have been, I, I used to work with uh, ex-offenders um, who were pedophiles. Mm-hmm. I've, I've met a lot of people, uh, friends and loved ones even, who have been victimized by pedophilia. And I, when I brought this idea of from this book, uh, the whole idea of like the reason why pedophiles are attracted to children is because they find adults repulsive. And a lot of times what would happen by people hearing that, they'd say that doesn't make any sense because then they're making that person repulsive as well to where that's that disconnect where it's like, it's a description to me that makes sense without having to physically understand what a pedophile is going through. It's just kind of like a blank definition where it's like the reason why a pedophile exists is because they're not attracted to adults because they find adults, that body disgusting and they find the young adult uh, pure and clean. And then their interaction with that pure and cleanliness, then they're not going to be attracted to that child as much as they were the first time around. And from what I can gather, it, it kind of makes sense why pedophilia, what a pedophile might be experiencing. Um, so yeah, Soulpad Church from the Blue Aside. Interesting. I'm kind of speechless. That's a lot. I'm going to have to digest some of that. Yeah, for sure. So fictional character, yep. but gets really into the mind of that <laughs> character and flushes yep. it out. Okay. <sighs> Who can I put up against that? That's a tough one. That, oh, you know what? I'm going to take a, a fictional character as well, who we get a slice, you know, we get into the mind thereof. I'm going with Yahweh, which oh. is the God of the Old Testament. Yes. The Abraham, the, you know, the God worshipped by all of Christianity, Judaism, and uh, Islam. Yeah, go on your way, Yahweh. That's right, buddy. Yeah, go on your way. <laughs> Uh, Yahweh famously raped and impregnated a 12-year-old girl. Her name was Mary, just to be clear. Whoa, whoa, whoa. She was 12? Well, just to, I was just going to touch on that. So just to be clear. Oh, sorry. All right. No, it's okay. Just to be clear, uh, she's widely regarded as being 12 or younger by many scholars, although her age was never actually given in the accounts in the Bible. Uh, what was said about her was that she was a very young girl. Some translations say that she was a virgin. She was betrothed to Joseph, who was in his 80s or 70s, I believe, when she was still considered young virginal girl. The reason why scholars say that she was probably 12 or right around that age, because that was a very common age for families to sell off their children, their young girl children. They they were pretty sure they were still virgins. They were pretty, which was a big deal back then. You couldn't really get any money for your daughter if she wasn't a virgin, at least according to the Bible. And she hadn't had intercourse with her husband yet, according to the story, which would put her at the very beginning of their marriage. So 10, 11, 12 was roughly when most girls were sold to their benefactors back in those days or back in the story of the Bible. Joseph hadn't had sex with his wife at that time, according to the story. So it must have been very early in their marriage that this occurred. Because, I mean, I don't know what, you know, what you would be waiting. You just bought a young girl, what are you waiting for, right? Like, so they they assume that this is this is roughly the age range that she was in was roughly about twelve. I will grant for the sake of just to I, I guess to be as nice as I can be, I will say she might have been as old as fourteen. Twenty one. No one. Twenty two. No, definitely not twenty. <laughs> no, she would have been dead by then. <laughs> Back then, she would have been an old maid. But she maybe was as old as fourteen. More likely though she was quite younger than that and probably many years younger than that but 12 is I think the charitable number that most scholars have have uh, put 
about that. All right. So famously raped and impregnated by the great and powerful Yahweh, who then gave rise to Jesus. All right. Think how much that would have sucked back in those days when if you're not a virgin, you basically could be killed and you were considered worthless. So she would have either been thrown out or killed had Joseph not believed that she was impregnated by Yahweh. <laughs> yeah, that's that's interesting, man. She must have been I, pretty I mean, convincing. I also do not understand the cult of virginity. I do not see the value in a virgin. I don't understand why people want virgins. I so want. Oh, yeah, they they uh, they don't know what they're doing. They're gross. I mean, I've never yeah. been with a virgin, to my knowledge, and I don't ever plan on being with a virgin. I like don't a seasoned you, veteran, yeah. yeah, who knows yeah. their way around the bed. Yeah, after you reach a certain age, it's probably it's it's a turn off. You know, if there is ever a lady in that, just like uh, in her twenties, it's like, well, I'm still a virgin. You're like, ah, gross. Yeah, cab, uh, check, waiter. Yeah, uh, let's yeah. get this lady out of here. You got an Uber or something? <laughs> Why are we doing this right now? Why yeah. are we meeting up? I'm gonna go find somebody that knows what <laughs> testicles look like. And knows how to use them. Okay, <laughs> this is ridiculous. So, all right. So, Mr. So, Whitcomb, aka the Soaphead Church, versus the all-powerful Yahweh. Let's do it. All right, flipping, and it's tails. Yeah, unbelievable. Soaphead Church takes out Another Yahweh. Has to be now. We're now we got two major upsets that have just happened here. Yes, this is awesome. Holy shit! The blue. His eye just took out Yahweh. Yeah. All right. Looks like it's uh, my turn, right? Because I won. Uh, yeah. 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 All right. Coming at you hard with John Herbert, aka Herbert the Pervert, animated <laughs> series Family Guy. Voice actor Mike Henry is a fictional character. We all know Herbert the Pervert, the neighbor who's always lusted after Chris and the Griffin family. Yes. Well, it's nothing to do with Meg. Much Always like Chris. everybody else. Uh, it's a good question. I don't know, but he's definitely not 18. Okay. Uh, yeah. He's, he's not, underage. he's not, he's not driving. His dad has to drive him all around. So he's probably not even 16. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Okay. Well, I'm pulling um, out the big guns here. I mean, Yahweh. You're gonna need, you're gonna need it against Herbert. I know. I know. Everybody loves Herbert. Everybody loves Herbert. I mean, he's he's clearly a pedophile. Yeah. But you know, he's done it's so Herbert. tastefully. Yeah. yeah. That's that's the magic of cartoons. Cartoons can make anything funny. Absolutely. Man. Okay. So you have Herbert the pervert, and I have the Catholic Church. This one is special because it's an institution. <laughs> It's not. You're doing, doing the whole. I'm doing the whole Catholic Church. <laughs> it's institutional child rape of all ages, too. We're talking like this spans now from infantophilia all the way to aphibophilia and you probably beyond. One, probably into you, a few philias I don't even understand yet. You couldn't just commit to one priest. No, I couldn't because it's so <laughs> widespread. There is no like. That's the that's the weird thing about the church is it's not like it's one priest. It's there is no central figure. It is a collection of pedophiles and, and sinister virgin type folks who are, are all working together. This is the, you know, the, the Alex Jones child sex ring, blah, blah. This is the one that he was, you know, if, if he had any credibility at all, he'd be talking about the Catholic Church. And this is the one that's right out in the open. Everybody knows about it. And yet yeah. people go and fill the pews and pay and they tie and they make up all kinds of weird excuses and dance around it. And, uh, you know, it's no wonder they're worshiping Yahweh and Jesus, which is a yeah. bunch of bullshit. So they, ha- they they can basically figure out if, if they can worship those guys, they can they can basically do anything they want and figure out a way to justify it. Yes. Catholic Church. The Catholic Church. Versus Herbert the Pervert. Herbert the Pervert. All right, we're flipping. And it's tails. Unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. No, we, we all, you know, I, I saw what you were doing doing there and you just you you, you overextended the reach right. you know that you didn't right. you didn't narrow it down and because of it it was too it wasn't tight like it and herbert i can't even call this an upset because herbert showed up mm. ready to roll the ring and you're like the catholic church and herbert's just like well where are you <laughs> i want and so like it was basically by default yeah like the church didn't show up and Herbert's like i win again yeah you know so you 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 blew that one all right um you no sympathy on this side all right well i round 10 final round mm-hmm. are you ready i am i only have two 
two wins, by the way. You're yeah. like running the table. Yeah. What a what an award to have. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what an accolade to earn. I well know done, my sir. pedophiles more than yeah when it comes to Yu Gi Oh pedophile edition. <laughs> yeah. All right, the last and final round. Yes. I'm bringing out my my juggernaut, the one and only Kit Winger. <laughs> Songwriter from 1988, song 17, band Winger. Kip Winger was 27 years old when he wrote this song. The song was released. The song that I'm referring to, she's only 17. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's just called 17. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else I have to say. Uh, your move. Yeah, bitch. your move, sir. <laughs> okay, well, in anticipation of Kip, I also pulled from the music industry and I am throwing down R. Kelly. Who... Oh, you son of a bitch! Who, I will say, is not quite as famous as he used to be, but I have still heard him on the radio. I've still... I've, I've still heard him in in public. Like, I'll, I'll be at a public event and I will hear R. Kelly... R. Kelly's music being played. So, Let's I mean, everybody knows the R. Kelly story. I'm not going to get into tons of details, but, you know, has been convicted of and uh, accused of and let go after on video i mean it's on fucking video um him having sexual relations with underage girls now i don't know that age ranges do you are they like 15 something like that it's a good question i i it's it's in the teens obviously yeah it's not it's not, it's not younger than teens it's so yeah it's not it, like 12 yeah, evil PDF, you know, yeah it's, it's uh, yeah it's not it's it's uh it's definitely in like the young teens though we're talking jimmy page kind of 14 15 16 very typical for musicians apparently all right i just want the listener to picture in their head this uh tale of the tape that's going on right now mm. on one side you have r kelly on the other side you have the smiling face of kip winger yes let's go now just out of curiosity was kip ever actually like accused of underage behavior or was it just the audacity of the song he just he just made a uh an anthem yeah no uh, which takes so much balls yeah and i mean and uh so we kind of have to believe him right like we kind of have to hear the song and be like yeah okay kip your daddy right. says she's too young but she's old enough for you right oh man yeah right. and uh you know and just just that whole video you know oh my god yeah of watching it it's it's glorious <laughs> it's, it's just like uh it's the most and I, and blatant I, yeah statutory yeah. rape video i've ever seen and i just i just remember too like uh back in the day uh just realizing with that song as well and looking back on it how many uh teenage girls i mean i thought the song was cool and i was like 12 right so yeah, I mean, when like I was a 17 kid, yeah. year we're like 17 year old I'm like yeah and then to re- then looking back on it's like interesting and then but then to realize too that there was a bunch of little teenage girls listening to you know 12 13 or just teenage girls maybe not even teenagers are just like oh kip yeah oh. so dreamy you know what I mean? <laughs> with your so. with your g baseline but you know what you know everything what, i need and you know what's it was what's great with watching that video again too is you're just like this guy is a hell of a dancer <laughs> yeah he really knows then, his way around a bass yeah and then to top it off there's times in the video where he's simulating you know humping the air yeah and you're just like, <laughs> she's only seventeen. Oh my god! Yeah, and he's doing that. He's smiling. Yeah. Hey, wow. you know yeah. And, uh, and this got major play. I mean, this was on MTV a lot. Heavy rotation. It was on Headbangers Ball. I remember seeing it often. And I also remember the first time I saw it and I realized what I was looking at and what he was talking about and how uncomfortable I got. Yeah. I remember the, that time. I actually remember that happening. And who doesn't remember Beavis and Butthead? Oh, yeah. Know? Doing their... <laughs> yeah. And just the fact that the neighbor kid had the wigger shirt on. <laughs> yeah. And they're always just, <laughs> they're always just laughing at this kid. And yeah. uh, Beavis and Butthead at that time, you know, with like censorship, was being blamed for some kid starting a fire yeah. in his house. 
and then they had to remove Beavis and Butthead. And here again, uh, you know, watching the Beavis and Butthead movie that's recently been posted on Amazon. Oh, such a um, great movie. Yeah, it's like it's not it's not great in my opinion. No, but just just looking back on it and looking at it, being like, I remember when every parent here again was raising hell about yeah. this cartoon. And at the end of the day, what you have is a stupid kid who started his house on fire. Yeah, and uh, I'm not sure if there was death or not but then they're like they blamed it on Venus and Butthead not yeah. because the kid's fucking stupid and then who was pushing the censorship piece of it of course it was like this religious type you know of censorship thing yeah. here again yeah possibly even the Catholic Church influence and it's like oh here again uh the morals yeah, that we a bunch need of to hypocrites. Get. Yeah, and um, and all the while the prophets Beavis and Butthead were basically showing us the light from the get go, laughing <laughs> yeah. at uh, the neighbor kid wearing the winger shirt. Yeah. So, <laughs> all right. So all R. Right. Kelly versus Kip Winger versus the Kip Winger, the Kip fight Winger. of the night. Yeah. All right. And it's tails. God, I can't yes! win anything, dude. You oh win seven God. to two. Yeah. Well, I mean, no, Mark I'm Kelly sorry. I have three. I have three. One, I, yeah, one, I two, yeah. three. Yeah, you have six. Dude, I gotta say though, man, R. Kelly. I was, I wasn't sure how that one that could have gone either way. I gotta give it to Kip. He doesn't even try to hide it. Like R. Kelly was like, man, this shit's ruining my life. It's like, <laughs> dude, you're on tape with a girl that's like 14. What do you mean this shit? You, you're ruining your life. But Kip, Kip was like, yeah, fuck it, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When Kip was asked, you know. uh, uh, hey, what's the song about? He just look over, kind of cock his head and smile and be like, "You know what? Yeah, it's about. yeah." He's <laughs> yeah. like, "You need to apologize." Just Kim. listen to he's, it. He's like, "I'm not apologizing for anything I do." And yeah. that's a that's a real that's a real stance. That is, uh, yeah. So that I gotta is. I gotta tip my hat to Kip. Uh, he was my he was my you know ace to definitely lay down here. So it, I'm glad it, I'm glad it worked out this way, of course. And uh, thank you for uh, playing Yu-Gi-Oh. Pedophile edition with me. Absolutely, that was fun. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, there was uh, <laughs> that episode. Um, in poor taste, for sure. I think we, I think we accomplished what we came here to accomplish. We made this type of subject matter about as funny as it's going to get. Hopefully, it wakes some people up to the realities of our modern life, and maybe we can do better. You know, maybe as a people, we can do better. I don't know what the answer is about whether or not we should listen to R. Kelly or whatever. I don't know if. Those songs transcend his disgrace and his fall from grace. I don't know if it is so potently traumatic for those that were affected by R. Kelly to hear his music in a public place. I don't know if that causes them trauma. I can imagine that it does, and I would like to think that maybe we should, as a people, decide that we sh that, that music shouldn't be played anymore. Maybe it's just a private thing from now on. But I don't really know the answer. That's what I like to think the answer is, that we would try to shelter those that would feel a post-trauma towards, towards that music and be, you know, reminded of a horrid past. And that if we wanted to listen to something like R. Kelly, that we would just do it in the privacy of our own homes. But when you extrapolate this sort of thinking to out of music, for instance, and into something like the Catholic Church, or, you know, we brought up Muhammad, we brought up more institutional examples, more examples of, you know, fictional characters and Yahweh being one, Muhammad being the other, and, uh, you know, current modern day institutions like the Catholic Church. I don't really know there isn't like an R. Kelly-like solution. There isn't a solution where you could just say, well, those songs are not to be played in public anymore. We can't not, ha you know, it's just not that cut and dry. That would be an actual easy solution, but it's not that cut and dry. With the Catholic Church, we have to like convince people like Stephen Colbert not to believe, you know, or to change his, his church, I guess. We have to convince people not to propagate this ridiculous ignorance and these institutions that are known for supporting such activities as pedophilia. So I'm kind of meandering now in my, you know, in my final thoughts here, but I hope that what we were able to do was sort of bring this to you in a way that made it a little bit more digestible, that pointed out the ridiculousness of it all. And in our over-the-top sort of banter and back and forth during the show, maybe some good was put out there into the world. Maybe this helped some people. Uh, one thing I can say for sure is that, you know, that was part of my goal. That, that was partly 
partly why I wanted to tackle this topic was to bring to light some of the folks and then that are guilty of these and then maybe figure out a way, although we didn't try to figure it out in this episode, but maybe now we can try to figure out a way to make it right or to fix it. Thank you so much. This has been Ear Seduction. If you have any comments or requests or would like to contact the show, you can do so at earseductionpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you so much for listening. Ah, ah.